All right, we are live for another weekly market updates. Now I'm going to change it up and I'd love to get your opinion. So please leave a like and leave it in the comments below if this time is potentially better for yourself and when you might be tuning in. I'd like to figure out a time where are more people going to be free for these live shows so that there's more Q&A, more engagement. Is it on the weekend in the mornings, like right now it's Saturday at 10 a.m.? Or is it better on the on previously the Friday at noon? I know some people may may or may not be free during the regular lunch hours. Or is it better for the weekdays in the evening? Based on your feedback, I'm going to change it. So do leave it in the comments below with when you might be able to tune in live so that I'm going to adjust my schedule to work with you guys. Nevertheless, this is all going to be recorded and um, and it will always be broadcasted afterwards. But from a live perspective, I'd love to understand where my uh, viewers are tuning in from. All right. So several things we want to talk about today. So number one, real recession risk has risen. And let's talk about what does a recession mean? What is classified as a recession? So that's that. those, those are all going to be very important factors as we move forward. Let's talk about uh, Apple recently had workers slam the return to office policy. So there's always that conversation going on. So we're going to always keep hearing that for, for many uh, big tech companies. So let's dive into that. Let's talk about the new California program. First time home buyers will let you borrow down payment at 0% interest. This program holds home buyers with a loan of up to 10% of the purchase price. There are caveats of it. So let's talk about that. And then what the last thing I want to bring up amongst others is Disney comes for the West Elm parents. What does that mean? Disney is going to be having its own furniture and its own furniture line. You can also ask yourself, why didn't they do this a long time ago? How many of you guys would buy Disney furniture, Disney merch? I'm sure you have Disney Plush. I'm sure you have Disney toys, especially if you have kids. But would you buy Disney furniture? You tell me. Leave it in the comments below with your thoughts and if how you would stack their brand relative to other designers. Because there's not that many brand, there's not that many, um, not much loyalty for other brands. You made people like IKEA. But they like it because it's affordable and it's chic. But there may be, you know, do people actually have uh, any sort of loyalty with any of the big manufacturers versus a brand that they can relate to, like Disney, where you can have characters on uh, throw pillows or on covers and things like that. It's really, really interesting to see uh, seeing this happen because um, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened much, much long ago. So let's let's jump right into it. Recession risk has risen. Goldman finally admits, but sees a silver lining in the U.S. consumer market. So what does a recession mean? A recession is the definition of a recession is that it needs to be two consecutive quarters of economic decline as reflected by GDP. So right now, as, as of last quarter, there had been a decline of GDP. The decline is, I think it was like one point something percent. Uh, it was a fairly small decline, but it is a decline, I think 1.6%. So it needs to have, sorry, 1.4%. It needs to have two consecutive quarters of decline. That's considered already in recession. So many times we are actually in a recession when people didn't even know about it or it's too late to know about it because there's already two quarters of it already occurring. Does that make sense? So that people people may have been having a sense of confidence levels and they may they may not they may not realize that we've been already in a recession. Now, 
there's been some periods of decline of GDP growth, but not like this of an actual negative GDP growth. And there's all there's many reasons for it, right? I mean, think about the supply chain issues. Like even if people want to spend money, which people do want to spend money, they can't even buy goods. Number two, you look at the cost of oil. It's significantly, it's very, very high and very material that impacts people doing their summer travels upcoming potentially. If you take a look at flights, how much that may cost. So there's a lot of factors there. And of course, there's always the looming factor of how long the Ukraine war may take. And so there's there's all these things that have been impacting the not just the U.S., but in terms of the global markets. You have China that has a COVID zero policy. That's not going to help any of the production for U.S. consumers. So, But there are silver linings. Like The fact is the consumer market has been very strong this, because of the stimulus program, amongst other things. This left the average American in a very strong financial position. The, they have the most, as you can see, the most financial surplus in a long time. Boasted financial surplus worth 4% of GDP in the fourth quarter of 2021 compared to 2.8% average from 1985 to 2019. So the fact is there's some silver linings, but who knows what this may change. The consumer side on the U.S. side has been very strong. It has been very positive. However, because of the supply constraints, they don't have the ability to even spend it. Now, as things get impacted, the question is moving forward, will there be a negative impact of consumer confidence? So that they don't want to spend anymore. But from a financial perspective, it's oh, it's been very, very high. Take a look at your own finance. Take a look at other people's finances. It's been higher than ever. So there is a possibility that, that even though there's a recession, and there, there likely is from all these economists, the question is, what is the real impact? Is it a massive correction? Is it a tank? No one will really know. And I'm not trying to predict these things either. It's impossible to predict them. The question is, there's the possibility of it, and there's also the possibility of a soft landing. Because take a look at these figures when it comes to real estate. So here was the last, uh, obviously, the, the last major correction was back in the real estate bubble. But let's take a look at these other ones, how, how recessions affect housing prices in the U.S. So here are the last notable recessions, and you can see how it has actually impacted real estate. So the last recession was a real estate caused bubble. So it was caused by faulty mortgages and products that allow people to be, to buy homes when they shouldn't have been buying homes. So you can see the big decline there. And it can actually continue to decline through, as you can see, kind of the 2012 figure. So it lasted a very long time because it was unraveling a lot of things through the, for housing. But if you look at the previous recession, let's say the tech bubble. The tech bubble lasted, I think it was 2001, February to about maybe about a year. You can see house prices did not actually decline at all. It actually continued to increase. If you look at uh, 1990 to the 1991 recession, uh, prices stayed relatively flat. If you, to be fair, if you look at the last recession, the last recession was uh, because of COVID. So if you look at like the 2020, certainly, obviously, it didn't impact anything at all there. It, it just made it explode than anything else. And so it's also important to note that does home prices actually uh, get impacted like? Uh, when the, when, when the economy is in the recession and or uh, there's negative GDP growth or there's a negative impact in stock. And the answer, as you can see, is not necessarily. And so it's something to be mindful of. Right? Stocks are a leading indicator on one end if you're looking at you know, six months out. At the same time, it's, no, it's much more liquid. 
because you can short stocks, right? You can go even more leverage on the other end versus real estate. You can't short real estate, right? Now in the past they had like mortgage backed securities, but that's a completely different thing. But in general, you can't short like a house and also people's stickiness of a house is more, much more significant because they'll likely clear and sell other stocks and other things as a means to keep their house if things really got that bad. So those are just things to be mindful of. Like, how does it actually impact real estate? Because they're two different things. Nevertheless, we may we may very well be in a recession soon. We won't know until about the end of the Q2, the Q2 quarter. So there's still time to determine that. It's not unlikely. The question is, is it a hard landing or is it a soft landing? Contractions and expansions are normal, right? Having a contraction is a good thing. It cleans out all the bad apples and people are going too crazy with things. You can see inflation is out of control. So it's good to hone that back in. And so re recessions doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means it's a contraction. That's all it simply means. So that's that. Next, and I'd love to get your thoughts. If you work at Apple, what does the internal battle look like? Feel free to post anonymously, but what is going on at Apple? Apple workers unhappy return to the office, hybrid work pandemic. Just weeks after returning to the office, many Apple employees are unhappy and ready to quit. 76% surveyed they were dissatisfied. Wow, that's a lot of uh, people that, that don't like, uh, that they don't want to. Look, collected through 652 employees. The funny part is this. This data is so skewed, right? First of all, who goes to the social network blind is for those that want to report negative things. So if you have 60, 652 Apple employees, how many employees do you think work at Apple just in the Bay Area alone? There's probably 30,000. And so, but the thing is, this is such a negative bias because they would only go to these network sites, social network sites blind to complain about things. That's just how it is. But take a look at the Apple stance. They plan to have their hybrid work in April 11. That requires corporate workers coming to the office once a week. Office attendance set to increase on May 23, when they must go into the office three days weekly. Up until mid-April, they've been able to work uh, remotely. So as you can see, the, the fact is Apple really wants people back in the office. And I never, I always knew this. I mean, look at how often they, uh, they've, uh, they've been building their corporate office space their benefit of the collaboration aspect of things in the office, a matter of secrecy, like how much innovation and how much work did Apple actually do when it was remote over the last couple of years? You can argue there weren't too many super attractive products that were released over the last two years. And so there, it's going to be a big factor for a lot of these companies to get people back into the office. We'll see how things play out. The fact is, look, if 652 employees are really disgruntled, and they feel like another company can do better, then go to those other companies. The job market is still very good, but be cautious what you ask for, right? Be very cautious what you ask for. So that, that is my my thoughts when, when I see this. But without a doubt, Apple has made, made a stance. Get back in the office May 23 in a couple of weeks, three days a week minimum. Next. Uh, new California program for first-time home borrowers will let you borrow down payment at 0% interest. So this is a very interesting thing. This is using the Cal HFA program. And so how do you qualify for this? And what is it called? Feel free to Google this. It's called the For Forgivable Equity Builder Loan Program. 
What happens is that they will grant you 10% of the purchase price and you are able to uh, keep that amount as a not pay it down if you stay in the home for five years. This is very flexible. The downside is like many of these programs, these are, you're going to have to follow their income requirements. Now, the benefit is this is not a BMR. So it's not a below market rate type of uh, situation. However, it is a situation where you have to go through courses. You have to uh, make a certain income in a specific area. So don't all of a sudden think you're going to be a, a single family homeowner in most areas. This may be an option for those that maybe qualify for starter homes like condos in specific markets. So something else to be mindful of. It's a good option for those that want to have the patience, but also are okay with those uh, entry-level starter homes. And uh, I suggest you guys take a look at that. Just simply Google that and go through those courses. I'm sure they will be packed because this is all very new. It only happened over the last couple of days. So check a look at that. Next, Disney's line. Disney comes for the West Elm parents. And what are they doing? They're actually working on some furniture pieces, right? Even some of these uh, canvases. I mean, those are, quite frankly, I'm sure those are... Uh, there's many fake versions of these all the time. And so, but now you can have some licensed Disney products. So leave me in the comments below what you think. Do, would you buy Disney furniture merch? Let me know what you think. And which character would you buy first? I'd love to hear that. So they're working with different designers to create these different types of, of, of furniture. Like I said, I'm really surprised it wasn't done earlier. They have such a brand loyalty and obviously, as you can see, you have all these perches. You have all these toys already. Now, why don't you make some wallpaper and or furniture to match with all that? They can easily do it. They have the coloring schemes. They, I'm sure they have many of the of the uh, many of the uh, the talent pool for that. I'm sure they have the manufacturing team potentially. I know even though they they have a big a bit, they have been a big licensing firm, but. They probably will continue to do that. You can see they have the Marvel characters. I mean, look at all this. It's really slick. Look at your rug. It's a Star Wars rug uh, or mat. So really, really cool. So I'd love to get your thoughts if, if you plan to potentially buy Disney merch for your home. Next, what are some other local news? Sobrado buys into Soma with record-setting office deal for San Francisco. Silicon Valley firm pays $1,731 per square feet for 41,000 square feet building, SF building. So that's interesting. So they bought South of the Market, so Soma. And so Sobrato, if you may, may or may not know, they're based in Mountain View. They do a lot of donation and own a lot of space around Santa Clara. If you think about like Santa Clara University, major donors to Santa Clara University, very big local player. So it's interesting to see these players make moves, especially where um, the Soma market has probably been one of the worst hits. Uh, that there is, but they're clearly making their bets. So expect deals to continue to move forward. Some people continue to say, look, this is probably the bottom of the market. Let's get in and strike a deal while we can, even though at the end of the day, the opportunities for others may, may not be easy. A year later, Levi Strauss still hasn't agreed on terms for SF headquarter lease. I've personally been to this office before. Uh, it's a great office. Um, I want to say, where is this place? It's on the northern parts. I want to say it's closer to, it's a little bit north of Embarcadero. Uh, they have like two or three buildings. I've been inside. It's a, it's a very unique layout. Um, but even for themselves, the question is, 
they're you know they've been a long-term tenant for that space and they i guess had renewed at least but they're now like saying look we're probably paying too much and now they're kind of stuck in a bottle and and don't be surprised where a lot of people try to figure out ways to back out and or renegotiate leases depending on what they feel their employees want and what their corporate real estate plans look like so don't be surprised you're going to hear a lot of these continue to move on forward last but not least actually we have two more things average mortgage rate climbs to 13-year high of 5.27 percent home price growth will decelerate in the coming months says freddie mac not surprising i think there's a couple of factors and a couple of reasons right the fact that mortgage rates have increased very quickly in a very short amount of time has been very difficult for people to just stomach uh, and or it, it does certainly impact affordability. <clears throat> to be fair, though, this is for conforming loans. Many of us are in jumbo markets. So in jumbo markets, it's certainly a lot better. Uh, I would say you're probably looking at 4.3, 4.4, 4.5 when it comes to the jumbo market for a 30-year fix. What this also brings up is the opportunity for people to you know, use what they call adjustable rate mortgages, ARM, ARM products. What is an ARM product? An ARM product locks you in for X amount of years. And then at that year after, they'll adjust to whatever the market is at that time. But the question is, do you think over the next five, seven years that we may potentially drop back down? My guess is potentially yes, but uh, you still have the security for five to seven years. It's also a very valuable product if you don't actually plan to stay in the house for an indefinite period. So if you plan to stay in it for the five, seven years because you're using it as a trade-up anyways, you might as well get a much lower rate and uh, something that's very, very uh, powerful um, for you. Because we're talking about the spread of an arm and a 30-year fix right now, I would say it's about 1% to 1.5%. So it's if it's 5.275 for a 30-year, you may be looking at 3.75 or, or 4.25, maybe actually less than 4.25. Uh, for a arm product. So it's something that people, and my clients included, just strongly consider, especially depending on if that impacts your monthly amount um, to make it more affordable for yourself. And or if you have a bet that, hey, look, down the road, you may rates may likely drop. You can always refinance at a later time. Uh, but certainly this will dampen things. And the fact that it has dampened things, it's not, it's just home price growth has dampened some people, right? Some people have mentally given up. So where do they go? They go end up renting an apartment or renting a home. The rental market has been extremely strong. Been 10 to 15% increases across the board, right? And so that's the trap that people fall in. So they, they, they give up and then they rent for a year. And then a year later, they all come back in. They're like, all right, let's, what's going on? Some people will be back in buying a home. Others will be mentally scarred again. They'll be like, oh, it climbed up again. Now I can't buy. Let's rent another year and, and prices go up again. That's just the cycle of how things work. So at the end of the day, while interest rates have risen, the benefit there are there are silver linings of all of this. People have given up. People have stopped looking, so they end up renting. And so the competition now has been the easiest. It has been all year. So do the math. Understand, okay, well, with these rates, what can you buy up to? What is the price? And actively look for those prices and those homes accordingly with someone like myself that will easily guide you within 10 minutes of where your search should be. So that is my suggestion for individuals that are contemplating about what should you do when you have higher rates. Last but not least, Google will finish vast revamp of Hangar 1 in Mountain View. 
This is that NASA building that we all see as we drive by. I've never, I never knew what was actually inside. And I don't know what they're actually doing inside. I think they're going to be working on just different uh, technologies inside. I don't think it's an office space or anything like that. But it's a massive place, very iconic. As you can see, it's all clear. Um, they may, yeah, they may just do different projects inside. So, but it's not going to be anything. It's almost just like a pet project for Google. But the fact is, Google has infinite money. They have infinite projects they want to do. And this is a, a cool, small project that they're working on. And they, they lease a space. Google actually leased a lot of NASA space. So a lot of those areas around that Mountain View space is not owned by Google or owned by developer. It's actually owned by the government. And so there's a lot of these long-term leases. Like they leased this one for like 60 years since 2015. So they got 50-something years left. Um, and so the fact is they just lease a space. They can do what they want with it. It could be a showroom. It could be, it could be cool projects. It could be secret projects. Um, but either way, for them, this is a this is this is nothing. This is a drop in the bucket for them. Okay, let's talk about the data and let's wrap up. If you have any questions, of course, leave it in the comments. I'm happy to answer them as we wrap up of the data. So, San Mateo Residential, 179 new listings, 150 continued pending. This has actually dropped quite a bit over the last couple of days or last couple of weeks. Home prices actually have declined so far in May. We're only about a week into May, so I wouldn't take this too much yet. However, I would not suspect that some prices may have dropped a little bit, but I would suspect that as we finish through, it'll be a lot more mild for single family than we may think. Condos and townhomes so far has been a pretty big drop since April. As I mentioned, I think this will this will pick back up a little bit, but quite frankly, over if you look at other months, it's not even lower than other months. It is just lower than the peak time, which we had recently was, was April, but it's still about the same levels as others. Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County is interesting. I mean, look at this. 583 new new listings, which is a lot of new listings. Matches very close to what we had last week. 403 contingent pending. Look at the May figures. Uh, May figures continues to increase. So Santa Clara County continues to do very, very strong, as you can see. Uh, I suspect this will flatten out. I don't think the growth will be as high. I think it will flatten out, but very, very important to see is is broke the 2 million mark for the first time ever. If you look at condos and townhomes, May is a little bit early, but you can see what happened over the last couple of months, March and April. It's been, uh, you know, it's been relatively flat for the last couple of months, but now we see a mild decline. Uh, I suspect it will probably be flat again, but probably also either flat or a mild decline when it comes to condos and townhomes. Not too surprising there. Alameda County. 536 new listings, 346 continued pending. Look at the May figures there. So you can see it's, it's kind of a tale of two stories, right? Depending on the area, some areas continue to do very well, uh, but it is still early. So I suspect things will probably flatten out. Uh, will probably flatten out. That is my guess and my and my thoughts. Uh, but condos and townhomes continue to do very well. Let's wrap things up with San Francisco. What has been going on with San Francisco? Single-family homes continue to do very well. You can see the April figures were as high as, as March, which was quite a bit higher than the previous months. Uh, condos, though, on the other hand, you can see April had done actually pretty well. But, but San Francisco is really on and off quite a bit. You can see there's a, there's a lot of ups and downs, mainly because it's going to be relevant to which areas actually transacted. Certain neighborhoods did a lot better than others. Some are still doing very well. So you do want to be much more neighborhood-specific because there's a lot of opportunities across the board in San Francisco right now as we speak. 
So for those that are trying to move into San Francisco or they're renting in San Francisco, I think there's a very great opportunistic time right now to get into the market there. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest weekly market update. Of course, if you have any questions or you want to work together, send me a text or call me below, 408-547-4590. And leave a comment again. Let me know what you think of this new hour. I'm happy to change it. I'm trying to figure out what works for my schedule, but also what works for you guys to be able to tune in live and make some comments and engage with what we got going on. So if it prefers weekday evenings, if you prefer Fridays during the, the noontime or Saturday mornings, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in. Determinator, hi, thanks for this. First time home buyer here. Good for you to get started. What is your recommended debt to income ratio for Bay Area single family homes? Great question. So there's really going to be two numbers you think about. There's number one, which is from a lender perspective, what they typically will grant you as your debt to income. And it depends on the bank. So the banks have different guidelines. Some Most banks are going to be more traditional, which is 43% debt to income. There will be also some banks that are much more lenient. There are many banks that can do 50% debt to income. So that's kind of one metric just to be mindful of. What does that mean from a math perspective? If you have good credit and good, good, uh, very little debt, generally people can afford about five to six times their gross income. That kind of gives you an idea, just some easier math. That's what I typically see, five to six times their gross income. Now, the question is, you want to run those numbers. You can plug it into a mortgage calculator. So I have a mortgage calculator that you can go to. All right, so you can go to my website, Mortgage Calculator. So you can plug these in. Let's say the home is a million bucks. You put 20% down. Interest rate, let's just put conservative 5%. 30-year fix. Some of these are not default because they, they can't be. So think about this, right? If it was a million-dollar home, you put 20% down. Let's say your interest is 5%. You can adjust it when you actually get pre-approved. Interest, property tax is usually about 1.25%. Let's say homeowner's insurance is a little bit more. Let's say it's 1000 bucks a, a year. So you look like your monthly amount, including everything, is 5400 for a million-dollar home. And so you want to understand, like, that's the ratio of how much your monthly would be. And the question is on, on your end. Right? People have different costs that they have to factor in. It's going to be higher than rent, and as it should be. You're investing, and you're paying yourself. So it's not going to be less than rent, typically. That doesn't make any sense. If that was the case, then all day, every day, everyone would be buying a place. But at the same time, the prices would rise fast. So that's... It'll never be the case in the Bay Area. So don't you don't have to even think about that equation. The equation is based off of your income. How much are you comfortable in spending? Factor in maybe groceries, eating out, contingencies like budgets. Uh, you may have kids. So you have to factor that in. Maybe there's private schools, right? Factor all that math, all those real expenses out. And then determine, okay, well, how much do you actually have left to be able to spend comfortably on the home? Because you're also investing in the home. Like, think about this as an investment. So just like you have some money in the stocks, some money maybe in crypto, you also have some money into reinvesting into the home. There's many benefits of that, as you can imagine. So that's how I would do the math. And then you'll come up with a number. And then when you come up with a number, let's say it's 5,000 bucks, you can do the math backwards. If it was 5,000 bucks a, a month, then you're likely at, I don't know, 900,000, right? So as you can see, it's like 900,000. Or you may be able to put more money down to lower your monthly expenses. That's how you really figure out, okay, what you were, you first get pre-approved because you let, the, you let the lender eliminate any guesswork. And then from there, you determine on your own end, 
what are you comfortable in buying up to? And then you, and then you actively look for homes for that. Now, the, that's the thing though. You have to be mindful and be, and just be careful, just be mindful of, okay, your budget is this. You may or may not get a single family home. If you do, it's going to be further out location wise, or you can buy in a better location. It might be a condo or a townhome, right? So it's, at that point to be reasonable and understanding, look, at the end of the day, 900,000, as an example, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, it's all a lot of money for the individual. But it's also important to be mindful, like there's different areas that would work. Stop dreaming and guessing and hoping that you'd be in an area where you're completely priced out. It's not going to go back to that in ever potentially. So it's just important to know, like, look, if your goals are to buy a place, get into a starter home that's comfortable for you, live in it. And then maybe down the road, you may decide to do a trade up. That's how most people do trade ups because they get the leverage equity gain from their home for the next home. So hopefully that helps. And of course, feel free to reach out directly. You have my number there. Just send me a text. I'm happy to have a separate conversation with yourself. We can get the ball rolling. But that's how I would suggest for everybody in your situation when you're trying to figure out what can you potentially buy up to? Let's eliminate any guesswork. There's no need to guess at any of this. Find out the real numbers, and then you start actively looking from there. Thank you for tuning in. All right, we'll wrap up. Any other questions, let me know, and uh, we will go from there. Talk soon. Bye now.